0: did anyone come to the worship zone this morning did you like it this is good news if you didn't feel free to grab me or pete or the bish as we affectionately call him and uh, give us some feedback but the mornings are going to be a kind of a theological look at worship so this morning we were asking questions about why we worship through singing um, and how random that is that we worship through song it was it was a good time wasn't it we we kind of challenged each other about the patterns that we slip into the liturgies that we adopt even if we don't think we have any so that's the mornings at 10 o'clock in here every day and then in the afternoons we're looking at practical ways to skill you in your music and your worship so songwriting uh we've also got electric guitar any electric guitar players bass players drummers keyboards background singers In terms of today for songwriting, who here is somebody who's never ever written a song but would really like to start? Yes. Anybody here that just writes music? No words. Mm -hmm. Anybody that writes just words? Anybody that's written a song and used it in church? Fantastic. We are all welcome, and likewise for the mornings, it's not only for people that are involved in worship on stage, it's really for anyone that has a heart for worship. So I'll pray for you guys, and then I'll hand over to one of the uh, lovely members of Trent. But let's just stand together and uh, ask God to uh, speak to us about songwriting. Lord, thank you so much for the chance to gather and to learn and to grow. We don't want to uh, treat these afternoon sessions as any less uh, spiritual as the morning ones. So Holy Spirit, we invite you now to teach us about the kind of songs, Lord, that you want to hear. Uh, Lord, we want to be people that write words of music that move your heart. So uh, I pray for everyone here, Lord, that uh, a spirit of encouragement and of blessing for being faithful enough to show up. Teach us today. Open our hearts to hear from you. And would you shape us into the kind of people that you want us to be, the kind of people that write the songs that are on your heart. Breathe on us. Speak to us. And we just commit this whole week of worship zone to you and ask that every one of these gatherings would be a time of encounter with the Holy Spirit, that whether it's through uh, hearing about your word or hearing about skills and practical training, that all of it would be an impartation from you to us, that we would love you more and serve you better. In Jesus' name, amen. Grab a seat. Nigel doesn't really need any introduction. He's been rocking out up the front. Uh, Nigel is a member of the fantastic band Trent. Let's do it for Trent. Yeah. I've known Nigel for many years, haven't I? Um, since I was a small child, and you were younger than you are now. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Had to pull the age card. Um, yeah. The first time either of us went on an official songwriting conference-type trip. Uh, I think I was about 19. We went to the States, and uh, we got trained by Brian Dirksen, didn't we, and some of the Vineyard guys. So I know Nigel's got great stuff to share. So without further ado, would you welcome Nigel Briggs.
1: Thank you guys. That's very kind of you. Great little venue, huh? This is nice. I quite like to play in here. It'd be good. Um, who writes songs? Great. A few of you. <laughs> That's good. Well, um, today we're going to look at um, songwriting and, and try and just unpack it. And it is, it's quite a difficult thing to do because there are many ways of writing a song. And when, um, what I'm going to try and do today is, is, is put it into some simple terms that you can hopefully follow. That doesn't mean that it's a way that I, I write a song. Um, I most probably don't use this. I use parts of some of this. And there might be a few things in there that you can just you know, pick up and uh, you'll find useful a- along the way. I think there are two um, types of worship songwriters that I've come across. There's some of those guys who are like first and foremost, they are songwriters before they're worship leaders. Um, and then there's other, others who are worship leaders who write songs. Um, and I would consider myself as the latter. I, I'm a worship leader who occasionally writes songs, really. But, and it's something that I've, um, I've kind of had a passion for for a, a good number of years now and, um, you know, really tried to develop that that side and the, and the craft of what it is. Um, for some of us, it is really going to be just hard work and it'll be graft and it'll be a slog to get, you know, to get it together. Um, and for others, it'll just be quite simple. It'll be, it'll be a, a gift. But the good news is that... Um, it's, uh, oh, somebody gave me this little clicky thing, which I need to use. Oh, why is it not working? What's happening there? Oh, there you go. Um, the good news is it's a craft that can be learned. Um, so um, it's something that you can actually um, study. Hopefully, you can pick up some tips today. Um, one of the things that really, I guess, frustrates me is when um, this is something that God has laid before us and it's something that we need to take seriously. You know, crafting songs and getting our songs to... Uh, as as good as you can possibly make them is something that we do need to take seriously. Um, my story, really, I'm um, uh, a worship leader at the Trump Vineyard Church in Nottingham. I uh, really got into songwriting because... Um, as a, as a church began to grow, we began to look for a new venue, uh, a new place for a, a home. We were meeting in a, in a kind of football stadium at the time, not the not the big stadium, a little room within the stadium, and uh, and we were outgrowing that, and we were on the the look looking out for um, a, a new venue. And um, as that process was going on, we had quite a few dead ends where we kind of hit these, you know, the, the wall and think doors had closed and we were just calling out to god god you know give us a home show us a home and within all of that um my pastor a guy called john uh, came to me and he was like i think we need to be singing about this we need our own songs that tell our own story it's about time we had this um, and i was i was petrified by that i was like but but i but i don't write songs um, it's not something that i do um but he was like, you know, you need, to, you need to really try. Now, I was fortunate enough, as uh, Vicky was just saying, that um, at the time, Brian Dorkson, has everybody heard of Brian Dorkson, a worship leader from Canada? Um, he was part of the vineyard. He was, he was over in the UK for a couple of years. And he gathered together a group of, um, There's about 10 people on that group. Um, Vicky was one, Brenton Brown, um, Catherine Scott, um, all have gone on to do amazing things, <laughs> and then there was me, um, and, uh, and it was a great, it was a great gathering, it was a great group of people, but Brian was somebody who was, he was a great teacher, and he was somebody who you could really learn, you know, from songwriting, and when I spent time with Brian, um, he was somebody who showed me that this thing is a craft, it's something that you really need to, um, you know, you really need to learn, it's something you, there's so many books out there and resources, but you really need to begin to, to kind of understand that and, and learn more about it. And so that really you know caught my energies and my passions about songwriting. Um, Brian used to do these little um, like songwriting clinics where people would bring a, a song, and then they would play it, and he would get the room to critique it. And it, it, I always uh, remember one stood out in my memory, where uh, this guy came along, played a song, and Brian was making these suggestions, maybe you know, try this in the chorus or try this in the verse or, you know, do this or do that. And this guy said, well, it's the way um, God gave me the song. I, I don't, you know, I don't need to change it. God gave it me that way. And I was like, oh, fair point, you know. And Brian, Brian said, well, I just don't believe God's that poor a songwriter. <laughs> to be honest. Um, so... <laughs> So, so I thought, wow. Um, actually, uh, we, although that was quite a cruel comment, it was actually quite a you know quite a real comment, really. I think you know God wants us to invest and give our and give our best to this thing, so it is important that we do that. Um, one of the things that um, you'll find, I'm just getting used to, as you go through um, learning, there's four phases of learning. You have something where you you, you start off and you're unconsciously Incompetent, um, and and you, basically that means yeah I can do that. You know when you start to learn to drive a car you think oh yeah it's easy I can do that, and then you enter the next phase where you become uh, consciously incompetent, and that's a realization that you can't <laughs> do it. <laughs> as driving a car it's a lot you know it's a lot more difficult than it looks. Um, then you go into a phase which is consciously competent. You realize um, that you can do it, but you've really got to concentrate on this thing. And then eventually you become unconsciously competent, where you can actually do it without thinking. You can, you know, you can drive, and you don't have to think about it anymore. So there's there's phases. It, just to give you that, there's an understanding that it's a process that we need to go through. You you can't you can't be at phase one, and get to phase four in two or three weeks. It's a process that you've got to go through. It's something that it takes time to do that. Um, now, I think uh, one of the things. Um, that um, a craft will do is get you to a good worship song, you know. But you know, there's lots of good worship songs out there. Uh, there's few great worship songs out there, and I think that is something where you know it's about God. You know, you you've got a responsibility to craft a song, but there's just some songs where God breathes on them, you know, and God takes them in that in in a different direction, and. Uh, you know, it's like um, trying to find that. It is a really is a really difficult thing. You can see some songwriters really struggling with that. And I think I just want to release you from that. Really, that it's like have fun songwriting. Some songs God might choose to breathe on, and they might be amazing. You know, some songs might be just between you and God, and that's absolutely fine. You know, it's not about writing the it song every time. A uh, quote from Bono. Um, it says, you can have a thousand ideas, but unless you capture an emotion, it's an essay. Songwriting comes from a different place. Music is the language of the spirit. I think ideas and words are our excuse as songwriters to allow our heart and our spirit to run free. That's when the magic happens. And um, and I think it's, you know that, that's true, really, that there's, there's something that happens. There's this kind of X factor where... We would call it, I guess, a God factor, that God can come and just take, some, take a little song and just breathe on it, and it can be, you know, it can be amazing. Um, another little quote from Bono. We can be in the middle of our worst gig of our lives, but when we go into that song, I still haven't found what I'm looking for, everything changes. He says the audience is on its feet, singing along with every word. It's like God suddenly walks through the room. It's a point where the craft ends and spirit begins. How else can you explain it? So, you know, even the great U2 have not got every song that does that, you know, but they've got, they've got more than most of us <laughs> that have got songs that do that. So that's just a, um, a little way of introduc- uh, uh, introducing this. Um, one of the things I just want to spend, has pe- have people got pens and paper? Yeah? Yeah. Great. If you haven't, then um, why not? Uh, um, uh, just I thought it might be quite good to to, uh, do a little exercise about zooming out Um, what do our our songs do what what are our worship songs for Um, and um, Matt Redmond he wrote a book called face down i don 't know whether any of you guys have read that book, but a great little book and he talks about within our worship it 's about revelation in response you know our worship sets the songs that we use have to have that that time of allowing us to Kind of um, God to be revealed to us, and allowing His space to respond to what what God is doing. Um, and I love that phrase. I think whenever I'm trying to prepare a worship set, I'm always thinking about those two things. It's about revelation, and it's about response. So before we get into writing songs, I just thought it might be good to spend a little bit of time just zooming out. Um, uh, within, in the vineyard, we, we kind of use this model here, which is, you know, the phases are a call to worship, uh, a declaration of who God is, engagement, uh, acknowledgement of who God is, expression, responding to what he's done, visitation, have your way, Lord, and then generosity. So I thought it might be good uh, just to spend maybe three minutes, because I know I've not got long here. Maybe three minutes, okay? Has somebody got a second hand on their watch? <laughs> um, Okay, I'll time it. Three minutes. Just um, maybe look at reading through this and thinking about the songs that you know that fit into these categories. Because I think sometimes getting that bigger picture of what, what song would I like to write about, you know, what, it, can, it, can, you know it can spark the interest in, in, in the kind of I- the ideas of the songs that you, f- you feel you would like to write. So, so maybe let's just spend, I don't know whether we've got some music or that we could put on in the background. Is there a tech guy here. No, no, he's nodding his head. <laughs> no. Okay. Um, so why don't you? Do, why don't we just spend three minutes just looking down these these um, these five headings here and slotting in songs that you know, worship songs that you know that you sing that fit into these categories. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Go. song that is a call to worship, um, time to worship. hey <laughs> i think that's yeah that's great <laughs> i've actually got that one written down <laughs> but yeah you know i think that it obviously does what it says on the tin doesn't it um what about engagement Yeah? Majesty? Yeah? Your love is, is amazing. Yes? Yeah? Yeah? You guys are good. Might to save. Okay. Are we writing these down, guys, for our sets later on in the week? Okay. Great. Ah, you see what I'm doing? Okay. <laughs> Great. Well, um, what, about, um, what about expression? say that again Yeah Re- Amazing love yeah My soul sings My soul sings Yeah Yeah good one Amazing grace it could be yeah Yeah responding to what he's done yeah Yeah Indescribable yeah Yes yeah I'm failing love. Who said that? Yes, that's a good one. That. I like that. <laughs> um, okay, what about visitation? Couple for that. Consuming your Consuming fire, yeah, that's a good one. Yes, yeah. It's about saying, have your way, Lord. Visitation. Cool. Well, that was a couple, wasn't it? Um, and last one generosity. yeah 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 I surrender yeah that's a good one yeah I offer it my life that's a good one yeah great song we were talking about that earlier it's a good song Um, Great, okay, well, just the idea of doing that is, as I say, you know, there's lots and lots of songs out there and I think sometimes it's helpful to get some perspective before you even begin about writing a song. You know, um, zooming out and taking a step back and just thinking about that. So with that in mind, let's look at, get down to the the kind of the craft bit of writing a song. God loves to sail inspiration past our noses. Our job is to be ready to catch it and I think that that 's really true. you know One of the things Brian taught us really early on in, in songwriting is is to kind of have your um, antenna up you know and be be kind of not just in the church, but out there in day-to-day life, be ready to catch the inspiration that is sailed past your your nose by God. Um, Mm -hmm. And very simple, you know, I just carry a notebook around and you'll be amazed that, you you know, you might be in a, uh, a prayer meeting or you might be in a supermarket or you might be anywhere and and there'll be a little phrase that somebody might mention or you could just be sitting on the bus and something will pop into your head. You know, I used to, I used to think, well, if it's God, I'll remember it. Um, and that, that's a cop out, (laughs) you know, he's given his brains and he's given his ways to catch that inspiration that he sells past our noses. So, you know, at least get a little notebook where you can just write those ideas down. Um, and I think, you know, I think it's Bono. I was reading somewhere where he he has a notebook for each album and it's when that's full he knows that he's got enough kind of ideas for an album, you know, to to start. So get used to doing that. Get used to being in that place of of catching that inspiration. A good way is to um is to kind of have, you know, most of us have got mobile phones with little dictaphones on. Um is to is to have, you know, just I often just sing into my dictaphone and catch some melody ideas as well. Before, um, because I'm quite old now, but before we used to have mobile phones, I used to have to phone home and sing into the answer machine. (laughs) Which is very embarrassing if you get home after your wife's already arrived and she's got you singing (laughs) this random melody down the phone. But there you go. Whatever it takes, do it. Um, a few other things that are worth looking at is um, things like a thesaurus is good to have. You get these online now, kind of free. Um, and I've got somewhere. Oh, this is a this is a great little tool, a rhyming dictionary. Yeah, has everybody got one of these? Yeah, who's got one? Put your hand up. Great, a few of you. I would say just, you know, again, I think you can get these online, but they're, they're really useful just to have, um, it takes a lot of the hard work out, really, and it helps you get out of the same patterns of just rhyming and all of it. really easy to use, a few pounds to buy, and it's, it'll be your friend, it'll be invaluable. So I'd say get yourself one of those. Um, so inspiration. Inspiration. Um, The next thing is to to go about developing a strong song vision. Once you've kind of got your inspiration, before you actually sit down and write a song, it might be worth thinking about the vision for the song first. So this is not lyric writing. This is like thinking about the the song vision, really. Um, And the song vision basically boils down to it's a universal theme in a unique way. That's what you're trying to do. You're trying to take a universal theme... Um, what can everybody understand um, and then try and put it in a unique way so something that is something that is fresh Um, and then it's like what am I trying to say and how am I trying to say it what do I want to say and how do I want to say it that's basically I think if you spend a bit of time in this in this pool um, it actually saves a lot of time when you actually begin to write a song Um, it's not just about Writing the uh, words down—it's about actually developing the, the idea, developing a, a strong, um, a strong song vision. Uh, I've got an example here, just to show you. Um, can I, everybody read that? It's quite small. Ye- "Yesterday" by the Beatles. "Yesterday" is—I think it still is—the best-selling all-time song uh, ever, and best earplay. I think more radio play than than any other song. Um, Paul McCartney apparently in a dream (laughs) he woke up with the lyrics that would be nice wouldn't it Um, but but I'm sure there's been some crafting that's happened as this song has gone on so um, basically just to demonstrate the song vision let's look at Oh, no, I need to go back. Um, what we need to look at is basically what is, he, what is he trying to say? What is he trying to say, and how is he trying to say it? Well, um, he's basically trying to say in this song here that I've made a mistake. You know, it's a song of love. He's made some mistakes in love, um, and his unique way of saying that, you know, is he's actually he's looking back. I wish I could turn the clock back. I wish I could go back. Um, so that's basically, quite simply, all a song vision is. Uh, and it's, it's a good exercise to look at some... Get some... Download some lyrics and, and print them out on sheets and begin to try and unpack them. You know, what, what, what are they saying? How are they saying that? You know, and then look at the universal themes and how it's done in a, in a unique way. Um, it will really help. It will, it, honestly, I guarantee it's one of the things that... Um, again, Brian Dawson was really hot on us doing, before we got into writing lyrics, to spend some time developing a strong song vision. Um, Because what a song's strong vision will do, it'll keep you to just one idea. And it'll mean that you'll say one thing well. Um, uh, A lot of mistakes come when you find a lot of songs, a lot of lyrics in songs, that they've most probably got three or four song visions within the one song. You know, and they're trying to say too much. Good songs say, stick to one idea, and they say one thing really well. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Um, ne- next thing, fleshing it out. Once you've um, once you've got your song vision, you've got to begin to dig the well, really, um, and. Digging the well, there's, there's a few different ways of doing that. But again, this is not lyric writing. This is just getting different ideas. One of them is um, descriptive or um, object writing. And um, it's a good little exercise to, to do this where you you, you actually take... You don't have to do this about your song. You can do these exercises outside of songwriting, um, which I think are just really useful to do. Um, But you actually descriptive writing is 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 taking that subject and actually saying, right, I'm going to write about this. I'm going to dig the well. I'm going to write as much information about this as I possibly can, Um, and to use all of your senses to do it: touch, um, smell, taste, sound, sight, movement. Um, And I think it's a really useful um, thing to get at. To, you know, to get into the habit of doing. So, we're going to do another little exercise here. Which will just be a five-minute um, descriptive writing. I've given you the, the subject of a, a bus station. You know, like, you're waiting in a bus station. Okay? Um, touch, taste, sight, smell, sound, movement. Um, so, you know, touch, what are you standing on? Um, taste. Obviously, what do you taste, (laughs) sight, what are you wearing, smell, what do you smell, what's around you, sound, what do you hear, Uh, movement, what's moving around you. Just spend five minutes thinking about this subject, a bus station, Um, very bland, I know, but a bus station, and and using the senses to help you begin to paint a picture and write about this subject and th- this, is, this is digging the well. This is what is really useful to do, um, to be able to craft a lyric. So um, does that make sense for everybody? Yeah? Okay, why don't we just, we'll most probably do three minutes again. Just, just spending a bit of time using your senses to, um, to write about a bus station. Okay. Does anybody want to come and read out what they've written? Is anybody going to volunteer? Great. What's your name? <laughs> on, why don't you, what, speaking to the microphone. I think I'm um, losing my voice. Losing your voice. i losing my
0: the bus shelter. I'm seeing people. St- um, well, I'm just. I just went into touch, taste, sight, so I'm
1: not going to say what. But at the bus shelter, I'm seeing people staring, trying not to make eye contact with me or anybody else. I'm smelling stale cigarettes, rubbish, because it's often a rubbish bin next to a, the bus bus shelter. I'm hearing traffic rushing loud, not caring about what's going on around them. They just. Wanting to get where they're going, and
0: they're fast moving and not taking care. I'm definitely writing this song.
1: It's <laughs> brilliant. Round of applause. Yeah. <laughs> A- anybody else want to share? Yeah, one more.
0: Okay, I'm standing on hard, cold ground. I can taste bitterness, I'm wearing yesterday's clothes, I can smell last night, I can hear the songs from the party, but I can't see anything.
1: Wow, that's very good. That is very good. So you can do this with absolutely anything. You know, you you can just take any subject and begin to develop, the, you know, this this art of descriptive writing, which is, you know, I think it's really useful to get into the habit of doing that. Um, and another, another quick way, which I'll just touch on, is, and I, I actually use this one quite a bit, um, spider diagrams. Who's seen these before? Yeah. And, um, and I think they're really useful, just, again, for getting quick ideas down. So <clears throat> just an example here, doesn't have to be in depth. Um, just about the cross. And, and to base it around what I normally do, it's like physical, emotional, uh, spiritual. Um, so it's like, you know, emotional love to thankfulness from the cross, physical crown of thorns uh, that could lead you to think about you know, a king, a humble king. Uh, then you've got spir- um, forgiveness there, which would be emotional again. Um, physical pierced hands could lead you on to be thinking about rusty nails. Um, and you, you can just very, very quickly take um, the, an idea of the cross and begin to build up a picture. You're not going to use all of that in a song. It's not about using all of it. It's just about getting you thinking about the song before you begin to write a lyric. Because what, so, what happens so often is you run out of steam. Um, you start with great gusto. You'll get most probably your first verse, maybe the start of a chorus, and then you've, you'll grind to, to a halt. Um, because you've most probably not dug a well, you've not got enough to draw, th- draw from and enough content to write about. So I would spend some time um, just really developing the whole of this thing. I think it's vi- really important. Um, next thing to look at, I um, just want to touch on um, structure and form. Um, and basically, just looking at what your song is going to look like. Now, the most common form that we generally use is a verse and chorus. A couple of examples there. Hungry, um, I'm falling on my knees, the chorus. Um, draw me close to you. Do people know that song? You're all I want, you're all I've ever needed. Um, that's most probably the, one of the most common uh, ways of using it. You can develop this idea, and often there's a a pre-chorus that you can add into this structure. Pre-chorus tends to add some tension before you get to the the chorus, before the chorus releases. Um, Or you can add a a bridge, and often that that adds contrast. That kind of takes you away and adds some contrast to the verse and chorus. But that's that's pretty much um, a verse and chorus structure. And what I like to uh, try and imagine... um, if you're writing a verse chorus your chorus is a, is a central part that 's where you 're always getting back to you always want to get back to that that 's the thing you want people to to leave humming and, and singing in their head so verse one it's like um, it 's like having a, a, a torch that is shining on a globe um, verse one shines from this side and then it 's like you can, verse two can shine from a different angle but it 's always coming back to that central point of trying to get you back to get you back to the chorus really um, So that's a verse chorus. Um, There's an A-A-B-A song, which yesterday is um, an A-A-B-A song. Um, Really, really great songs, uh, hard to write. These were developed really in, um, in kind of theater days when people wanted to just get straight to the, 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 the A section of a song. So it was all about the A section. They didn't want to waste time having a verse to get to a chorus. It was just about sing the A section, re-sing the A section. The B section was just a kind of contrast, really, uh, that was a bit like a bridge that took you away, and then back to the A section again. Um, come now's a time, uh, it's a classic um, AAB song. Um, and every breath you take, Every breath you take. You kind of know these songs are, are different from a verse chorus because when you think of them, like when you think of Come Now Is A Time, you, you sing, Come, now is a time. To... You don't sing, One day every tongue will confess. You know, you, you actually naturally sing the A section. So, the, that's stronger than the chorus. That indicates it's stronger than the chorus. Um, so, really, really good technique, um, of, certainly with worship songs, songs that you want to kind of catch people's attention with, but they are a lot more tricky to write. So, there's um, a little challenge for you. I'd love to see more AABA songs um, out there. And then we've got the classic um, uh, AAA. A lot of hymns uh, are AAA songs. We've. Um, We've spent a lot of time putting the choruses back into AAA songs uh, over the last uh, few years. Um, you tend to find a lot of hymns now, kind of people write extra sections or put choruses back into them. But um, a lot of country and western songs are like AAA. Often they're songs that are, the, the verse, they very have a strong storyline to them. Um, and it's, it's, they're very strong uh, melodically and they have a, a strong structure of verses. So a chorus kind of gets in the way. In some ways, so um, a few other things to think about before you you know really get into it is uh, time signatures. Um, most commonly, we use four um, four. But there there are different options. And, and I, I, I still like, even if we've written a song in 4-4, four, four, I think, how does it work if we did this in 6-8? And there's been, a, there's been a few occasions where we've actually changed, because it seems to fit better if it's in 6-8. So think about that. 3-4 as well, classic waltz. Um, not got too many worship songs in 3-4, but there's one or two, I think. Um, and then think about you know the key. Um, Again, most probably these come towards the end, and I'm trying to put it in a structure that makes sense, so you don't have to think about it in this logical order. but key is really important um if it was just you know me singing, I could sing it in whatever key suited me, but obviously we're um we're generally writing congregational worship songs, so it's looking at um you know the the vocal range of most people out there, which I think for a guy, it's like you know top is is most probably getting above a toppy and you've you get older, it gets lower. yeah as you get older it gets lower yeah it does yes but you um, there's more richness of tone I think in, in the, yeah it's like Chris Tomlin songs it's like my word I can't I can't get there anymore Um, so just a few ideas Um, the next thing we move on to is beginning to focus a lyric Um. And it's really important that you start well. Um, The the open line of a song is really important. Um, So there's a couple of uh, just suggestions here. You can use uh, a statement. um, You are God in heaven. Good opening line. You can use a call. Give thanks to the Lord, our God and King. Um, You can use a question. Is it true today? Um, Did you feel the mountains tremble? Deliverers are pretty good at asking questions. Um... Or you can use a plea, you know, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. But you know, it is, it is really important to think about the the op- the opening line. We did a songwriting uh, workshop um, a few months ago in our church, and this guy brought a song, and the opening line was, um, "You're like a torch shining in my eyes," and um, and I was like. It, it, it just sounds painful <laughs> you know it 's not like uh, but he he loved it you know I was like i just't i just don 't get it so so think about it because things can easily slip through and you don't you know you don't you don 't notice them but um another quote from bono i thought i 'd put a few in there um, be honest, he says if you 've got nothing to say, your first line should be i 've got nothing to say, um, but you will have something to say because i 've just talked about how you can get stuff to say so <laughs> just ignore him there but be honest you know it's like I think songwriting it is about um the best songs are the songs that come from uh, come from your heart come from you know that place so within all of this it is about you know trying to keep that honesty um and innocence to the song um Get some perspective. Uh, think about um, songs that are a first person, second person, or a third person. Um, and there's three examples up there that are all written from you know, first, second, and, and third person. Um, just, spend a, just spend a minute reading that through, because I, I find it quite helpful to help me to understand you know, perspective. Yeah. So the first person, it's, um, telling the story as yourself. I saw him. second person, it's telling the story as you, you saw him. Um, and then third person, it's telling, telling the story as somebody else, um, he or her. Um, so you, you kind of somebody else looking in and telling, telling the story. I think it, it's good to think about this. Um, we have first person songs um i will worship we don't have too many second person songs it's quite strange in worship in many ways you stand to praise his name um we would generally turn that into like the collective the corporate sense so you know we stand to praise his name um and then third-person songs. I think we need more third-person songs. Um, you know, They That Wait On The Lord uh, is a great Kevin Pross song. Another Kevin Pross song. <laughs> he is the Lord. He reigns on high. So thinking about perspective is quite interesting in a song. And it, it can happen as you, as you you know the lyrics already started you can switch perspective but it's it's worth considering that it's worth having that as something that you think oh, okay i really want to think about this it might be in your church you need some songs that are a bit more first person you know the the vineyard was really based on on writing songs that were First person songs. It was about singing to God. It was like, you know, I love you, Lord. You know, I want to draw close to you. And at the time, that was pretty radical. Um, and I think, you know, we most probably need to, we need to kind of have a healthy balance of of all of that within our within our churches today. So to think about perspective is really useful. Um, another thing to look at is um, using effective rhyme. Uh, effective rhyme. Now. There's, there's, rhyme is a big. Is a, get a rhyming dictionary. I've talked about that. It's really useful to have that. It's quite. A, it is quite a big subject, really. There's a couple of books that I'd recommend. Um, y- if you can get them, I think I'm pretty sure they're still in print, because um, they t- both talk about how to use rhyme really well. This is pretty old and battered now, but it's it's um, the craft of lyric writing by Sheila Davis. Uh, the craft of lyric writing. I'll leave it here on the edge of the stage, and if anybody wants to come and grab that title, uh, um, feel free. And this one is a this is a guy Pat Patterson. He um, he um, does songwriting at Berkeley College in, in the States, and amazing. He's got a few online resources, but this book is great, Writing Better Lyrics. Um, and I'll, I'll leave that one down there as well, so you can flick through that. But just thinking about rhyme, um, there's a, a, a couple of uh, ways of looking at it. This is perfect rhyme. Me, see, play, day, snow, glow. Um, it's called, sometimes it, 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 it's called perfect rhyme because really it is perfect. It rhymes perfectly, I guess. Um, you, you find them in a lot of kind of nursery rhymes. And it's sometimes good to use perfect rhyme because it, there's no doubt about it. It rhymes, you know, and you might need that in a song. But it can sound a little bit childlike if it's overused, if there's, there's too much of it used. Um, imperfect rhyme. Uh, time, mine, around, down, girl, world... Um, a lot of those, are, as you can see, they're not, they're not perfect. But as we sing, we generally seem to um, exaggerate the vowel sounds when we sing. And so you can get a lot of imperfect rhyme that works really well throughout songs. So think carefully about rhyme. Um, another one here is open rhyme. Fly, try, free, tree. They kind of make you... Um, Open your mouth as you rhyme them, and they could be great to use like use open rhyme as you 're maybe going into a chorus. It might be you use open rhyme leading into a chorus because it 's kind of opening yourself up to get to the to get to the chorus uh, and then obviously, if there 's open rhyme there 's going to be closed rhyme meet, greet, hard, stark, heart start um, and they make you close your mouth, um, and again they um, a good maybe to use it at the end of a chorus, you know end of a statement where you need to like just put it almost like a full stop. You can use rhyme in that way uh, to do that so uh, think about think about rhyme, as I say this um, do check out those books i 'm sure they'll they 'll help you um, oh I forgot internal rhyme this is, um, this is one of my favorites um, as I cr- as I fall, I crawl to you. Um, Love has flown all alone. Um, You know, where you've got rhyme that is within the sentence structure, you've got internal rhyme working. And there's loads. There really is loads of ways to rhyme. They're just a few little highlights. So do look into that. Um, Cliché is something um, we do find uh, within the kind of... Christian world, um, a lot of uh, we do overuse cliche uh, i 'm afraid to say now some cliche um, is really good because it 's familiar um, and cliche often happens because you know there was a, it was a great phrase at, at, at one moment in time and it 's just over the years it 's been, it's been kind of overused and it 's gr- gradually lost it, its power or its effect, so you know think carefully uh, about cliche face to face side by side paid the price hold me close wash me clean set me free break the chains it can go you know it can go on and on really there's lots of lots of clichés so, so I'm not saying don't use cliché and I think cliché is really useful but again it's like be be liberal with it use it intentionally rather than because you know you're lazy Uh, Clichés come effortlessly. This is Pat Patterson writing from this book. Um, It's no sweat to string them together and feel like you're saying something. Um, So I I did this example where I I kind of wrote a verse with with cliche in it. Um, You were awake all night long. You had something on your mind. With tears streaming from your eyes, you slept till the sun began to rise. It's good, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, Pat Patterson goes on to say, it does say something, just nothing startling. Hmm. So um, I, I've got uh, an example here of, a, of a, a guy called Jeff Tweedy, who's from a, one of my favorite bands, a band called Wilco. Anybody heard of them? No. <laughs> Yeah, they' great they're great check them out, I l- love them.'re a really good band, banker Wilco. This is how he says it. Um, the ashtray says you were up all night when you went to bed with your darkest mind, your pillow wept and covered your eyes, and you finally slept while the sun caught fire. Pretty good, huh um, yeah, so um, basically, think about. Uh, uh, cliche um getting getting the good stuff is 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 hard and often um it's good to have the, use a the cliche use that as your first marker on a song um but then go back just go back and and then think about how can i you know how can i rewrite this how can i rework that it's one of the things that again you know um Brian Dorchy used to say, "Until a song has been rewritten, most probably three or four times, I, I don't want to see it." Um, rewriting is not—it's not, it's not a failure. It, it's a part of the process, you know. To go to go through um, a song and rewrite it is is really useful. Um, a few other ways um, to make songs memorable. Cliché does make songs memorable, but you don't want to overuse it. So how do you? How do you? What other techniques can you use that can make songs memorable? Um, repetitiveness. Song, you know, sections like Queen. We will. Everybody. We will. Rock yeah um, you know having, having things like like that at repetitiveness do, do make songs memorable um, and in fact you know a, a verse chorus song the chorus is, is a repetitive section something that we want we want to get back to uh, that's why it's, it's a popular form so I'd use that um, use repetitive sections repetitive lines um, don't know much about history don't know much about <laughs> you guys are good i've never had people sing before uh, that's good um but using using lines is uh, is a good way of um of kind of making something memorable and then uh, i can never say this word parallel parallelisms yeah um, um every breath you you take every move you make it's it, it's kind it, it, of, it's not a line, but it's just setting up that every, 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 every. Um, and it, it, it makes you feel like there's a lot of repetition there with the song that kind of leads you in and, and, and pulls you into the song. Just a few very quick examples. Again, um, what I love to do is like it, on your iPod or however you listen to music, MP3 player, um, As you as you kind of listen, begin to break down the structure of of songs and think, oh, what's happening there? Why does that work? How's that working? You know, I mean, um, Every Breath You Take is a really interesting song because although I said it's an A-A-B-A song, it's actually, it's an (laughs) A-A-B-A-C song. There's another section in there which doesn't fall in neatly to songwriting, you know, a model, but Sting wrote it. And it works, and so he's, he's added in another C section. And it was like when I first heard that, I was like, "Wow, how does how does that work?" So, you know, be 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 analyzing, be analytical. Think about think about you know how this how this stuff is all working. Um, flow and interest um, is my final point. Um, so when you've um, when you've got like a, a song crafted and you've got maybe a verse and a chorus or it's an A-A-B-A song and you've got your A sections and your B sections, it's good to look at how the thing is flowing together. How is it, how is it working together? Um, and so it's good to um, think about syllable count. Sometimes um, just to look at the verses and count the syllables in a, in a line and then look at your second verse and count the syllables in that line and then look at... You know, and count the, it, it. I don't always do this, but it's quite a useful technique. If you feel that something's not quite working, and you're thinking, "I'm not sure why," maybe use this this technique. Go and go and count the syllables in in a line, or you know, in a verse, and then trying to get them to match will um, will help. We've we've just had a a, a vineyard. We we're about to release a Vineyard um, Records album, and uh, a girl submitted a song, which was a great song, and we had exactly this problem. We got to verse 2, and it was like, why can nobody sing it? it the melody seemed to be the same, but it was all down to the syllables within the, in the song, and she changed the, the syllables of one line, and it just opened up a verse. So, um, so yeah, think about syllables. Um, does the mood match the song? Uh, a key thing, it, you know, if you've written it in D minor, the saddest of all keys. Um, then um, some of you got that if you watch Spinal Tap, then uh, you'll know that D minor is the saddest of all keys. Um, but if you've written it in a minor, then you know it's got to—it's kind of to much—it's got to match that. It's got to match the feel of the song. Often minor is not a happy key, so it's—you know—the happy song written in E minor would most probably not work. Um, so just you know, think about think about that. Um, similes and metaphors um, really good little technique um, simile you are like the sun in my sky you are like the light in my life or a metaphor you are the sun in my sky you are the light in my life you know having a metaphor in certain places of a song can really kind of add some intensity and weight behind the lyric Um, classic song um, your name is like honey on my lips simile your spirit, light water to my soul, simile. Then the last line is a metaphor. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. Metaphor. So um, good little technique there. drawing to a close now. Um, use specific, not general terms. Um, good old-fashioned song, you don't send me flowers anymore. Um, instead of saying, you don't love me. You know, it's like, how can I actually say this in a different way? What, How can I how can I use it? You don't send me flowers anymore versus you don't love me. Um, and then one of the last things that I generally do when I'm kind of, you know, looking through a, a verse and chorus is songs begin to pick up unnecessary it's and the and the and all of that sort of stuff. And it's like, it's really good to go back and go, do I really need that? word i think um it used to be i know now with um kind of rap music and r&b and all that sort of stuff it's it's wildly changed but but i I think it used to be that a a classic song would contain no more than 60 words and so you had 60 words to like get your your story over it's quite you know you've got to be quite concise really and it's good again a lot of some of the great worship songs that we sing. There's not a lot of words in there, but they do tell a they do tell a great story. So, um, you know, just remove some of those unwanted words, um, lyrical rhythm and phrases. Does it read well? At the end of the day, um, if you can't sit and read through your lyric and it read well, then it's not going to sing r- well. So, one of the last things to do is just to to make sure that you can you can read it through. And, uh, you know, it, it reads, it reads well. Often um, if you get something you can just, you know, you can just read through it, then it's generally going to sing quite, quite well. So, okay, L- the last thing to do is, and um, the scary thing to do is, um, is to play it and get some feedback. Um, I hate doing that. <laughs> it's like a, you know, um, it's a bit like somebody calling your baby ugly. Isn't it? If you've got your little song and, and they don't like it, it's your baby, and they go, "Oh, you've got an ugly baby there." It's like, oh man, it's pain, the pain of it—it it is really painful sometimes. So, um, but there's no, there's no way around it, really. You've just got to get out. You've got to um, don't play it to your mum or your girlfriend or your wife. Um, try and get some constructive feedback, and play it to some people who are going to be honest with you and get some, get some feedback. Okay, so that's pretty much it. Um, Kind of a a whistle-stop tour of songwriting there. Um, Just recapping for you, inspiration is the first thing. Be ready to catch the inspiration that God sells by your nose. Uh, Develop a strong song vision. Dig a well. Um, Think about a universal theme in a unique way fleshing it out sorry that's a dig the well bit Um, begin to flesh it out and use some creative techniques of spider diagrams or you know descriptive writing structure and form Um, think about you know verse chorus or a triple A or an A-A-B-A song Um, and within that you know your time signatures focus the lyric um, start well be honest get some perspective first person second person third person perspective um and then think about rhyme. Think about those elements that we've talked about. Use some good techniques to um, get some mem- memorability into your song. Is that a word? Memorability. <laughs> it is now. It sounds good, huh? Um, flow and interest. Um, syllable count. Mood. Does it match the song? Similes, metaphor, specific. And then get out there and play it. Um, it's as simple as that, really. I, I expect a song from each of you um, in the next 10 minutes. So... LAUGHTER um, N- uh, no <laughs> N- I can't <laughs> no I haven't got a guitar with me we're singing songs come to the big talk tonight we're singing one of our songs no no no, no. we're, g- we're going to sing a song tonight called now and ever in our set and it's one that we've written um, and it- you can come and tell me whether my baby's ugly at the end of tonight so um so, uh, one of the things actually we we, we do do, and uh, um, songwriting is is not just a personal thing. You know, I think collectively writing, co-writing with other people, is really useful. And one of the things that you will find, most probably, if you look through the top ten charts today, you'll very rarely find any songs in there that are, are solely written by one person. Um, generally. That there's, there's, you know, co-written by multiple people. And I would say that it might be, don't be too precious with your song. Don't be like that guy, you know, this is the way God gave it to me, so I'm not changing it. Be open-handed with it. If somebody comes in with a great idea, be open-handed. Release it over and say, oh, yeah, that, I'll consider that idea. Let's take it on. Let's co-write, you know, because I'm convinced they're where the strongest songs will lie if you if you co-write. We, we as a band, we start, you know, we we kind of, I'll, I'll turn up with some ideas now, and then we sit. Down and we try and craft these songs together. So I'm just saying that. So if you think my baby's ugly, it's all of ours. It's not just mine. (laughs) Okay. Um, (laughs) Okay. um, What time are we meant to finish? Now. Oh, sorry, I've, I've overran by five minutes. I'm very sorry. But thank you all so much for coming.